0: Hi, Ron here, and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Centre at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning and uh, welcome back to Devotions. Uh, Revelations chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. We're still in the letters to the churches. This one to the church at Smyrna. To the angel of the church at Smyrna write, These things, says the first and the last, who passed through death and who came to life again. I know the affliction and the poverty you endure. You are rich in spite of it. And I know the slanders which proceed from those who call themselves Jews and are not but who are a synagogue of Satan. Have no fear of what you will have to go through. Behold, the devil is going to throw some of you into prison in order to test you, and you will have a time of affliction which will last for 10 days. Show yourselves loyal to death, and I will give you the crown of life. Let him who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, he who overcomes... Will not be hurt by the second death. Now, Smyrna. uh, One of very, very few fully planned cities in the ancient world. And as a result, staggeringly beautiful. It was built so the breezes blew through it the entire time. The only design fault apparently was that the sewerage ran out upwind uh, into the water, so there's a bit of a pong around the place. But otherwise, it was Spectacular. The first city, they like to call themselves, incredible municipal pride. Um, Strong Jewish population who were also proud of the city and donated vast amounts of money to city improvement. Uh, It was proud to be a center of Caesar worship. Now, the goddess Roma um, had been around for a while, a long time before things got hot under these emperors. Smyrna was the first city to build a temple to the goddess Roma. And in AD 26, when the cities of Asia Minor were competing for the privilege of erecting a temple to the godhead of Tiberius, Smyrna won it, even over Ephesus, which was no small feat. This was a thing of great pride to them. We're a centre of Caesar worship. We're we're into this. So Caesar, of course, uh, smiled on the city, and a powerful coalition broke out against those who Caesar and others did not like. Now, the Jews were an acknowledged religion by this time and had uh, advanced their interests to the point they had some protection. The Christians refused to acknowledge Caesar is Lord in Roman worship. And this stubborn, low-class group, chapter 2, verse 9, poverty marks them, um, was a difficult group and a threat to the mainstream. Uh, They challenged the the hedonism and Caesar, Caesar worship of the city. They were not popular. Um, Their approach was not good for business. So, yeah, powerful coalition formed to destroy them. Now, the Jews were among the leaders of the persecution in this place. One of the names that they used for their synagogues was the Assembly of the Lord. John says, no, this has become the Assembly of Satan. Pretty strong, very, very strong. You want to talk about a rift between the synagogue and the church? It's complete here now. Our guys are looking at their guys and saying, you too are full of demons. It's just horrid. Now, the charges that were brought against the Christians in Smyrna and in other places, there were six biggies. Um, Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man. These guys are cannibals. The love feast. These guys conduct orgies. Families were often split by allegiance to Jesus. These people tamper with family relationships. These people claim to worship God, but there are no images of a God. There's no sign or form of any sort of religion that we can understand. Not only do they refuse to worship Caesar, they're generally atheists. They actually have no God. They just don't fit in here. They were politically disloyal. They refused to say Caesar is Lord and sprinkle the incense. And they were accused, possibly most frightening of all to everyone, of being incendiaries. They foretold the end of the world in flames. And just read your New Testament, we did. So those were the charges that were brought against us. Now, there are times when the church can't be saved from suffering. In Smyrna, this is one of those times. Nothing could stop imprisonment and trouble. We hear imprisonment, we think, oh, so what? you do six months yet? No. Imprisonment in these days was more likely a holding pen until you were killed. So imprisonment was very big news, and these people are in a great deal of trouble. God gives his encouragement. This demonic assault, even this level of a satanic attack on you, is still ultimately under God's control. This has a time, ten days. It will pass. And take that literally. It's just saying. <coughs> it's just saying there is a time frame on this. It will pass. But there is nothing that can happen to stop it in its time. You are going to suffer. You're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to endure. You're going to have to be tested, even by death. Now. Deuteronomy 33, you know, the eternal God is your dwelling place and underneath you are the everlasting arms. The question to Smyrna is, do you believe this? Now, there are plenty of present day saints who face their 10 days of the Smyrna church. There is nothing that can happen that is going to stop them being rounded up, tortured, persecuted, hard done by. We live in a time where we are setting new records for the persecution of Christians There are things happening now that make Smyrna look like small potatoes. The word to the church is, Christ is first and last. Smyrna, the first city, why was that name chosen? It was chosen to say, this city attacks you, it claims to be the first. It is not, Christ is first. He was dead but he is alive like Smyrna. Uh, the, the town had degenerated into a couple of small villages. When they came through and rebuilt the thing, the town was dead, but had been alive again. Don't be deceived. Christ is where the action is, and the people of Christ will receive a crown of life. That's a, a right out of culture reference. As pagan worshippers would go up to their temples, often they would wear crowns. John says, "Here, yeah, take the point from them. You too will inherit a crown from your God or for your God." and your God is God, there is a huge difference. This goes beyond death. Now, the other thing is, don't forget that the Epicureans and the Sadducees and all sorts of people did not believe in life after death. So the talk about a second death is also a stunning piece of Christian preaching to say, of course, there's life beyond this life. The early church seemed to believe in intermediate state, paradise and perhaps Hades, where people would go to wait for final judgment until we were all judged together at the very end of everything. They're talking about a second death. Don't be afraid of this one. Worry about that one. Don't be disappointed by people who wear crowns as they parade around mocking you and and going up to worship their gods. Your crown goes beyond the grave. So I just want to finish this morning by um for prayer i'm actually going to read a prayer from the church in smyrna one of its most famous sons a bishop called polycarp who sometime after this 50 years after this um, he would have been around in these periods um, but he became the bishop and in and he was martyred on the 23rd of february in uh, 155. Um, it was the time of the public games the cities were crowded and a great cry went up that we could have a bit more fun. We could have another go at the Christians on the basis of Caesar worship. And so a crowd came and uh, and the church came to Polycarp and said, hey, Bishop, they're coming for you. He said, I had a dream last night. My pillow caught fire. I'm going to die in the flames. So now I'm not going anywhere. So he, he didn't hear that, you know, burning dream as a get out of here. He heard that as, oh, okay, Lord. The, um, the people came, they, they grabbed him, they took him away, they made all of the charges that were traditionally made against Christians. None of the civic authorities really wanted Polycarp dead. The police captain said to him, what harm is it to say Caesar is Lord and to offer sacrifice and be saved? So this is exactly the story of Revelation still playing out 50 years later. What harm is there to say Caesar is Lord, offer sacrifice and be saved? Polycarp is dragged into the arena for his festival death. And, um, and he, uh, he says, um, what was it, 86 years I have served Christ. He has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? The proconsul came, threatened him with burning. Polycarp replied, you threaten me with the fire that burns for a time and is quickly quenched. For you do not know the fire which awaits the wicked in the judgment to come and in everlasting punishment. Why are you waiting? Come, do what you will. The crowds went crazy. They came and they brought the wood for the fire. The Jews, it was a Sabbath, broke the Sabbath by carrying the wood in to burn this Christian leader. And uh, they, they proceeded to want to nail him to a stake. He said, you don't have to. The power of God will hold me in the fire. And then he prayed one of the great martyrdom prayers. It's been recorded for us. Someone wrote it down. Um, And it's directly out of the heart of the church in in Smyrna. Um, I hope we never need to make this prayer. But this is the prayer for the morning. O Lord God Almighty, Father of your beloved and blessed child, Jesus Christ, through whom we have received full knowledge of you, God of angels and powers and of all creation and of the whole family of the righteous who live before you, I bless you that you have granted me this day and hour that I may share among the number of the martyrs in the cup of your Christ for the resurrection to eternal life, both of soul and body in the immortality of the Holy Spirit. And may I today be received among them before you as a rich, an acceptable sacrifice as you, the God without falsehood and the God of truth, has prepared beforehand, shown forth and fulfilled. For this reason, I also praise you for all things. I bless you. I glorify you through the eternal and heavenly high priest, Jesus Christ, your beloved child. Through him be glory to you, with him and the Holy Spirit, both now and for all the ages that are to come. Amen. Let's go in that spirit into the day that lies ahead. God bless. We'll see you in the morning. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to thebarackcentre.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today.